there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Welcome to another episode of the She Is Fat podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, Mindset Transformation Coach. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to a fellow Dominican, Valerie Nunez. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so glad to have you. So a little bit about Valerie. She is a first-gen millennial who's a savvy woman of color, financial wellness coach. She graduated with over $85,000 of debt, like, that's a lot. Uh, and I can see how you might be, guys, I'm making a face if you're not watching and listening. <laughs> but she put a plan together and was able to pay off 31000 of that eighty five in one and a half years. Like, that's mind-blowing. And so she's using what she's learned 
and helping and guiding other women, especially women of color, to let go of that guilt, growing an abundance mindset, setting goals, and gaining control of their money. That's amazing. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I have to do a little debt, so I'm not even going to talk on that, but yeah, I feel you. <laughs> No, who doesn't in this world? Who doesn't like we, especially as millennials, most majority, I want to say like 98% of millennials have some type of debt. Mm -hmm. So tell me what prompted you to, to go into the field that you're in. Was it really led by the student loans or was something else a catalyst for you? Um, it was a combination of a few things for me, really. Growing up, I didn't really have any idea about debt and how it was paid or anything really in financial. I just knew money existed and I knew that you needed to buy things, but I didn't really know the, you know, like the really nitty gritty that you really needed to know. So until I got into college, um, I knew obviously about loans, but I didn't know the process of paying them off. I didn't know the process of them accruing interest. I didn't know any of that. And when I left college, that's when I started getting letters in the mail talking about this is how much debt you have. This is how much interest you're paying daily. This is how much you should be paying monthly to getting rid of this debt within the next 40 years. And I was just stuck. I'm like, what? Like, I, I didn't know what to do. And so for me, um, you know, I it became a combination of really feeling like I was alone in the, in really just being by myself and my parents couldn't help me pay this off. Right. I'm, my parents are immigrants and, uh, they worked their butts off and had multiple jobs. And so for me, I was like, I need to do something, figure this out. And I really, it really sprung onto me when I started paying off my car. So my parents, again, made the decision of financing a car for me just because I was dorming at the university I was going to and transportation just was really hard. And so I didn't want to have this car payment because it was really killing me. It was $300 a month and I was barely making the payments on time. And then the insurance on top of it was another $300. And at that point, I still wasn't even aware of my debt. Like I was just focused on my car. And then I finally paid that off. And I it just felt so good to own something and not have to worry about someone coming after it, right? I've, I've grown up where my multiple cards of my family's got repoed and because they couldn't make payments or things like that. And so it just felt so good to not have to worry about that. Like the car was mine, something that I owned. And so that really sparked in, in me and really was like, I really need to know like what else, you know, like what else is out there? What else is going on? So I really looked into my debt and I was blown away to find out I had over $85,000. <laughs> to be honest, I, I had no idea. And a lot of people question mm -hmm. that, like, how do you not know, you know? But when you're in college, you're really just doing, and you're a first generation, you're really just doing whatever you can to get to the next semester, right? Mm -hmm. um, I unfortunately went to a private university. I had no idea what a private university meant. And really what it means is it's a lot more money for the same exact thing. So mm -hmm. I had no idea what that meant. I just, I know they called it private and I, that's all I knew. 
Um, so every semester that I needed something, whether it was books and my parents couldn't afford it, whether it was dorming, whether it was extra classes or whatever the case it was, financial aid. And, you know, they would ask, do you want to get this loan for $2,000 or you want to get this loan for, and that's how it really started. It wasn't like, here's $85,000 and do you want to borrow it? It really started slowly and accumulated because I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really think about all the refund checks you get. You don't think I need to give this back to them and pay it. You're thinking this is money in my pocket right now where you, I would get, you know, a thousand dollars here and 400 here. And I'm like, I can do so much with this. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And I was just like, I cannot, I, I can't live my life like this. I can't live owing someone. And so that's really how my journey started. And I just started, um, as a, I have, a, I'm a teacher, so I'm on a teacher salary. And for me, it was just putting every little bit towards it whenever possible and really creating a plan to set myself up for success and also to stress less because, you know, debt is going to be there. I'm not going to kill myself to pay it off, but I am going to make sure that I'm moving forward in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You said a lot of good things there and a lot of things that, that I relate to. And maybe some of you listening will relate to this or watching will relate to this as well. But you said you're first generation. I'm first generation as well. And because our parents are immigrants, they were not as educated with how things work. So for me, and I'm sure for you as well, going to college, dealing with finances, whether it's loans or credit cards, it was all on you. There was no one there to educate you on how to go about it. So you're figuring things out as you go. Not to mention, at least in my in my household, when we got money, it was like, okay, you get the money and you spend it because there was a mindset of scarcity. That if you didn't spend it, something would happen or come along and you would no longer have that money. So rather spend it on what you want in the moment. And as an adult, right, you carry those experiences, those examples, and that's how you operate until you become more educated when it comes to finances. So when folks say, oh, how did you get into this much debt? It's not because you wanted to. It's not because you weren't, you know, trying to track it. It's because you're dealing with so many things and you're not as educated that by the time you find out, it's already a little too late. And the educational system, you mentioned something about refunds, right? A lot of times and what I've experienced when I was going to college is that they would put a, they would get a loan for you, right? So they would apply for financial aid for you and they would say, oh, you've been approved for this amount. We'll apply it towards the cost of your education. And then whatever is left over, they would send to you. And of course, your first thought is, oh, like you said, this is extra money I can use towards books, towards my my dorm, towards food, what, whatever it is. So that stuff adds up. And again, it's because we're not as educated. We don't have people in our family to walk us through that process. So you are learning as you go. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that um, and being the first, right? A big thing is in our families is that money is really taboo, not just in our families, but really in the world. It's really hard to talk about money. No one really sits down and talks about money, right? They don't sit at the mm-hmm. table and ask the right questions or even bring up the topic. And like you said, we grow up with a scarcity mindset where we grow up where, especially as immigrants, like it's going to go. So you better figure out what you're doing with it now and spend it now, right? There's never a thought of like, Let's sit down and plan for our future. Let's sit down and figure out what we're doing because 
of the way our parents have been brought, right? Our, my, my parents came here and had to figure out, okay, what do we need to do next? So we need money for this. We need money to that. There's always, some, always something that would come up. And so you grow up with that scarcity mindset that something's always going to come up. So I need to do what I want to do now and not plan for my future or not even think about my future. You're, that's not even a thought until something else happens, right? An emergency happens and stuff like that. And so that's such a good point. I love that you said that because from I, I talk about this with my clients all the time. And um, this is why I coach because it's so important for me to address it. People don't realize that the things that your parents did really affect how you think, how you breathe, how you act all of that. And it's very big on your mindset. And so in my, in my program, a mindset is a big thing because before I could pay off $31,000 of debt, it wasn't, Oh, I made this plan. Now let me go and figure it out. Like I really had to dive deep and like confront my triggers, like confront. Why do I think this way? Why were there certain things? Because I'm naturally, I was, I was a spender like that. That's just how I was. And I had to turn myself into a saver. So now I can say I'm a saver because I have implemented certain habits, right? I got rid of certain thoughts and I made a process for myself to make sure that I wasn't guilting myself or triggering myself and things like that to make sure that I took care of that mindset first. Because if, if you don't, and I tell this to my clients all the time, you cannot just create a plan. The cycle will happen all over again because you're not really diving deep and like found making a foundation for yourself, stabilizing yourself first. And that starts with your mind. Guys, I hope you are listening, watching, rewind that part because mindset has control over so many things in your life. And I guess what this, this is the, the yin and yang cycle of mindset, right? Your mindset impacts your your beliefs. Your beliefs impact your mindset. That also impacts your ego and personality. So they're all intertwined. They're all connected. It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? They all go together. So in order for you yeah. to succeed at planning, to succeed at moving forward in anything, you want to make sure you address those limiting beliefs. You address the mindset. You address anything that has been engendered in you based on your experience, based on your upbringing, based on your ethnic background, all those things. Yeah. And some people don't realize, like some people are not going to notice that they have mindset blocks. They're not going to even think like, that's not me, right? There are probably people listening to right now and watching and saying like, I don't need that. That's not what I need. I don't need somebody to tell me how to think or to dive deep or any of that. They're thinking, I just need somebody to help me figure out how to pay off that much debt and to save this much, right? But in reality, if you sat down and really asked yourself, why do you have so much debt? You know, why can't you save the amount that you want to save? Why haven't you accomplished your financial goals yet? If you really sit down with yourself and ask yourself those questions and really be free with yourself. And sometimes it might, you might need to be a little bit harsh. If you really sat down and really talked about it and, and thought about it and journaled through it, you will realize that. All of it is triggered by your mindset. There's some your, some emotion, something hidden, something that you haven't confronted yet. There's something going on there that's boiling over to your money and your finances. Mm -hmm. I love that. And something to point out that you mentioned that you you were a spender, right? That was my thing too, because of how I grew up with money coming in and going out. I became uh, impulsive. 
with my money, right? So I developed all these issues, you know, I, I got into debt and then I had to work to get myself out of that. Similarly with you and your, and your college loans. Um, but it didn't come easy because like you said, I had to look at the reasons why I was spending the way I was spending. What was the underlying root cause? And it was that scarcity mindset, that fear that if I didn't spend it, that if I didn't do something with it, I would lose it another way. And not just that, something else that I've developed is that you get levels of increased dopamine when you buy things, right? It's a pleasure uh, feeling yeah. that you get. And so I started to relate pleasure and happiness with spending money on things that I wanted, which is not always the best way to be. But I address that, you know, with going through my own coaching, my own exploration, my own shifting of the mindset. So what I love about you is that, yes, you're tackling the finances, helping folks develop a plan, but you're also working on that underlying root cause. Why do you spend that way? Why is your relationship with money this way? Yeah, it's so important. I love that you mentioned dopamine. A lot of people, it's, it's spending money is like a high. It really is. And it is addicting. Um, and I was the same way. So when I was a spender, I loved spending money on food. I was an emotional spender. I loved, and, and, and honestly, it was something that I needed to get help with because for me, food and money were two things that I was like, this makes me happy, right? Spending this money on this food, it made me happy. And um, you have to realize that it's temporary. It's temporary because then after that, you finish the food or you spend all the money and you go back to exactly where you were before, right? You're dealing with whatever problem it was or you're dealing with whatever you're trying to run away from. And at the end of the day, you've dug yourself into a deeper hole um, and you haven't done yeah, I haven't had any progress. And so that was where I, and I had multiple bouts of this. My, it, my cycle was never ending. It really was. I was up and down and up and down. And one day I would save a thousand and the next day it was all gone. And I was negative something and bank accounts and car, credit cards were being closed. And it was a process. It didn't happen overnight, but I had to really focus on my willpower and my determination and honestly just writing down my why why I wanted to be debt free and why I wanted to save this money and really writing down the goals that I wanted to accomplish really helped me see because it gave me a visual it gave mm -hmm. me somewhere to look forward to instead of just looking forward to the next time I went shopping or the next time I bought some food um, it made me realize like okay I needed to prioritize my goals. And that's something that, you know, a lot of us, when it comes to money, we're not prioritizing where our money is going. We're just kind of coming in and out, right? It comes in and out. We get paid one day. We know we have to have bills, but because we have the mentality that bills take all our money, we're just like, we're just going to spend the rest because who cares, right? Mm -hmm. I'm getting paid in the next two weeks or a week from now. Um, and really, we're, that's not living. So I'm not really living a lifestyle. You're just kind of... Going with the flow. That's that. That's the paycheck to paycheck mentality too, which means that if anything comes up, right, an emergency or something big that you might want to partake in, you can't because you didn't adequately, you know, fund your money. Like where do you want it to go, right? You said earlier that money is taboo, right? Especially in our ethnic background, I feel like money, the subject of money, 
is pretty taboo. Um, and I think with individuals in general, especially like with couples, the discussion around finances can be taboo. I think that when it comes to the individual, at least when it came to me, I didn't want to look at my finances. I didn't want to deep dive or explore the areas where I was being impulsive or, or the reasons why. And like you, I went through several cycles, right? I tried to do things on my own. Then I worked with a financial advisor. Then I went back to on my own until eventually I got a grip of things. But it took time to get there because I wasn't comfortable with addressing my own money. And, and why is that? Why do you think that we ourselves struggle with looking at our own finances? Honestly, it, it pops up in, in everyone. Everyone, this is normal. Everyone feels like this. It really just pops up because we don't want to admit that we cause our own problems. We don't want to admit that we are where we are, not because of our parents, not because of the hands that we're dealt, not because we were born here or in this neighborhood or whatever the case may be, or this situation. Honestly, most of it is because we don't want to admit that the reason we're still in this place and in this cycle and in this position is because we, the actions that we take are what's causing us to stay stuck. Um, honestly, that's one of the, you know, the hardest parts working with my clients is that, right? Them realizing and really them admitting they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to do that mindset work because they just, they just want, they want to go right dive in. They don't want to face the fear. They don't want to get vulnerable. And really mm -hmm. money doesn't have to be vulnerable, right? We can get to the money part, but first you have to address your feelings and really put them out there. Um, and a lot of it brings up guilt and shame. Um, mm -hmm. and that becomes a whole nother trauma to deal and with. Judgment. Right? Yes. It, it, and it becomes all these things. And a lot of times, especially in like as a Latina, it becomes a thing of like, you don't talk about it because you don't want people to know where you're at. Right. You don't talk mm -hmm. about it. You want people to, to think that you have it. You want to look the part. You want to play the part. Even if you don't have it, even if you are selling a kidney to dress the way you are or drive the car you are, like, you know, that's, it, it's, that's kind of like, it's, it's a show. And really people are scared to act their wage and really to just be different, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it comes from all that. Yeah, it comes from a combination of things, but really the, the nitty gritty is people don't want to be vulnerable. They mm -hmm. want to be blame somebody else instead of taking that time and realizing like, oh crap, it's that it's, it's me, you know, I'm doing it to myself. Yeah. Um, I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. And, and I'm, I'm laughing because when you were talking about the fact that, uh, you want to do things and, and show off, but you don't have it. That for those of you that don't know, and this is probably prevalent in other cultures as well, but I'm speaking for my culture uh, as a Dominican woman. In Dominican culture, it's all about appearances. People are always trying to do better, look better, or have more than the next person. And yeah. in doing so, they may put themselves into financial situations that are not beneficial to them that have long-term repercussions. Here's an example. Your girl, a couple of years back, purchased an Audi TT, 
All right, top of the line, vroom, vroom sports car. You know why I did it? Because I wanted my mother's approval. I wanted her to be like, you know what? My daughter is successful. So I put mm -hmm. myself in debt to drive a sports car, which I did enjoy driving, but I didn't thoroughly need just because I wanted to have an appearance and have somebody else's perception of me be a certain idea. Yeah. I mean, come on. It happens to all of us. I mean, I like looking back, like I, I had, it took a lot of me. Like I went to college for my mom, for my parents. Like I racked up all this debt because I wanted my mom to be able to brag to people that her child went to university, that her child graduated. And she definitely used that a million times, but at the end of it, it wasn't for me. Right. I, if I, for me, I chose I chose something because I was like, I need to, I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to move on to that next step of my life, but I did it because I knew that my parents had already instilled in me that you need to go to university. You need to go to college. You can't be like so-and-so that went to community college. You can't be like so-and-so that didn't go to college at all. Right. Um, and there's also just that, that unknowingness where parents see something, but don't really know what it is that you need to actually do to get there. Like my parents had no idea about the amount of debt that I was getting into. They had no idea what FAFSA was when I was filling it out. They had no idea that their taxes and their income were going to be play a part. Like they had no idea of the process. Um, and that all comes, you know, first generation and it all comes with, with that title. Right. So mm -hmm. you live and yeah, you learn. Yeah, we have to learn the hard way. Those of us that are first generation had to learn the hard way. And, you know, now we're, we're trying to build a better life, you know, build a life more so than what our parents had, right? Because that's the dream, right? Everybody wants the next generation to do better, to be better. And so we've learned from our experiences, our financial excursions, so to speak. So Valerie, tell us a little bit about your coaching, right? Walk us through, is there a program that you have, the sessions? You said you focus on mindset along with the money. Just give us a deep dive. So yes. So I have two different options currently. I'm, I'm revamping one, but I do have, so my coaching works in different ways. I am very passionate about helping women of color really take the proper steps into gaining control of their finances. So I have four phases to my, my coaching. The first one is mindset. You're not going to work with me and you're not going to tackle your mindset. Like if you tell me I don't want to do mindset, then I'm sorry. I'm not the right coach for you because I'm not going to teach you something for you to then go back and fall and, you know, just blame yourself for thinking, oh, I failed. But really, it's the fact that we never addressed that. We never addressed where all that was coming from. So phase one is mindset. Then the next phase that we after we go over mindset is really looking into taking a financial audit. So looking at your numbers, you know, what are you making? What's your debt? Do you have any savings? Um, and then we look at your goals during that financial audit. So what is it that you want to accomplish within the time that we're working together? And then once we do the financial audit, we look into the next step. Phase three is money clarity. So really, let's get clear on what money is and what it isn't, what money does and what money doesn't, um, and what money can do for you and how we can really make uh, a strategic plan to from have money work for you, right? A lot of people get confused where like, 
well, I make this much money. Shouldn't I be doing this? But I'm like, no, 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 no. Everyone's different. Uh, it's not a one size fits all. Yes, my program has steps, but everyone's situation is different. And then the last uh, phase is the financial freedom phase, which is really building wealth. So after we look at all three phases, now when you're ready, we go in and we look at your credit score to make sure that you are have that because a lot of people say it's not necessary, but really it is, right? If you're looking for an apartment or a car or anything family-based, a home, they look at that kind of stuff. So we really look at that. We also look at, you know, making sure you have retirement accounts and retirement funds and you're investing in your retirement and all these things. And then we go on to saving. So if you're saving for your future, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, um, future plans and really looking outward instead of just present. Um, and then that's my whole program. And it's four phases. It's six months long and because we can't do anything in two weeks. We can't do anything in four weeks. Um, so it is six months long, but we meet every other week and my program provides, I have resources, I have mindset, I have created a 60 day mindset journal. You literally write on the computer and I give you the prompt and I give you what to think about. So you don't have to journal yourself. Um, and it's daily and I make you think about it and it's personal. I have guest speakers come on. So I have a guest speaker talking about your inner child and really how your inner child affects your mindset and your money. I have people coming on talking about retirement. I have people coming on talking about investing. So there's so much. I'm still adding to it all the time, every day. Um, however, the next group thing that I have is a group program. So I feel like community is a big thing with women. And a lot of us try not to do community things because a lot of us are competing with one another for no reason. So I think that we are the biggest supporters. We're one of each other's biggest supporters. Um, one, we're already marginalized as women and also as women of color. And so for me, having a group program of women that can help each other, because I think you can relate by listening to other people's story and you can also learn from other people's stories um, and other people's mistakes. So I do have a group program that's actually coming out very soon. Um, I'm in the beta beta stage of that because I didn't want to rush it. I wanted to make sure that it was confidential and it was community and knit and very just everything that you would get in my six month program, you would still get it in my group program. So those are the two things that I have. Um, but honestly, if you reach out to me, I will do the best to really see and help your, your situation. But remember, and I have to, I have to set this disclaimer out there. It cannot happen in a day. And it cannot happen overnight. You really have to do the work. Um, yes, my program um, is work. You will have homework. There are calls you have to show up to. You have to show up for yourself, not for me, because I've already done the work, right? This is for you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really in a nutshell. Guys, so you guys hear this all the time, <laughs> watching and listening. When I have coaches on or any entrepreneurs on or anyone in general that talks about mindset, you have to put in the work. I know that some of what coaches say when it comes to like their programs, like your program, it's a very holistic approach. A lot of what you're saying is common sense. But if it was easy for everyone, if everyone could do it, we wouldn't have jobs. Okay. There's a reason why some folks seek the expertise of coaches or therapists or counselors or Folks who have launched a business in the way that they want to launch a business because of the experience, because of the knowledge that they possess, 
And what they put together is an action plan that you go through, you put in the work to get from point A to point B. Yeah. So I love that you have an individual program, right? Where you work with your clients one-on-one and you have this upcoming group coaching program that walks through the same things, but just in a community format. Yes, exactly. Something else you mentioned that I want to go back to is the why. The why is the nail on the head for everything. If your why is not strong enough, it doesn't matter what you do. No one's going to do the work for you. No one's going to, you know, hold your hand. And you're going to continue to not meet your expectations, not meet your goals, because your why isn't grounded enough, isn't strong enough to carry you forward. Motivation only lasts so long. Oh, my God. Thank Yes. Yes, it really does. Um, I love that you said that because that's one of that's one of the parts of the phases. That's like one of the first calls that we do is really go over your goals. And the first thing I ask you to do before you even write anything down is tell me why. Why is getting your financials in order important? And I don't want to hear the cliche, I just want to be out of debt. I just want to save money because that to me is not a strong enough conviction because then you would have done it a long time ago, right? You're here now because you haven't been able to do it, right? You haven't been able to get to that core to make you motivated and give you that willpower and that drive. And so having a really strong why is so important because the days that you are really vulnerable and really hurt and really tired and really just you really want to spend or you really want to do something that you know you can't and it's not in your forte or it's not where you it's your why is really what's going to help you out and I tell all my clients to put it on a sticky note and put it somewhere you can see whether it's the mirror that you brush your teeth in every day whether it's the nightstand that you lay your phone onto, or even put it on your home screen on your phone um, where you can see it all the time because it's going to keep reminding you why you're doing this. Um, and it's really going to drive you to accomplish your goal in a timely manner because you can have a why that is very, it could be deep, but it might not push you to do things on a fast a fast pace. It might just be like, okay, well, 10 years from now, I would love to do this, but really find a why that's going to push you for a short amount of time for a season so that you can end up completely in 180 from where you are now. And that's such a big, important thing. All good points. And I have to ask because, you know, as women of color, especially women that are, you know, old generations, do you find it challenging to work or find clients that fall into our ethnic group or other minority groups um, who are women of color? Because I feel the assumption I'm making, and this is based on the individuals that I know personally who are of my ethnic circle uh, or who are women of color in general, the money mindset isn't there. They don't believe in a plan. They don't believe in planning for the future. Uh, it's very limited. So I'm curious if you find it challenging or have had challenges with reaching that demographic. Um, it's funny because I've never actually thought of it, right? But now you're you're asking the question um, and I think about the groups I've been in and the women that have actually been willing and all this stuff. It, it is a little hard 
Um, and I, and I think it's because of that. Um, I mean, of course there's that very small amount of women of color that are ready to change their lives. But what I find is we make a lot of excuses and I say we, because I am a woman of color, right? I'm a Latina. I definitely know what it's like living in my skin color and living in my skin as a woman. Um, so we make a lot of excuses. I, I see that a lot. And I, I've been on multiple calls and I, I've done, even with my client work, you know, and, but this is why I'm your coach, right? I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to be just one of the sidelines to pep you up. Like I'm here to coach you. I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you things you don't want to hear. I'm here to tell you the things that you don't want to do and make you do the things you don't want to do. Like have those difficult conversations, like sit down with your partner or your husband or whoever and talk about money and really ask those questions. And so it is hard. And I do notice that they're less willing they are definitely less willing. Um, and not only because they don't want to have the conversation, but because they also don't want to invest, right? They don't want, they don't think they need to invest that much money. And I'm not saying that my, my prices are crazy, but any amount of money, it's just like, really? That's, that's a lot. But I'm like, but you go out, you buy a new outfit every day. Or you, you know, you go, like, I I notice it's funny because I follow a lot of my potentials and I can see your lifestyle, but if you only, and like I said, and I said it before for your why, it's like, you're just sacrificing for a season. It's not forever. You know, you just have to switch certain things off for a second. Like, and it might seem forever for you, but really it's temporary until you reach your goals. And once you have that, and once you have those habits in place, then you can party it up, live it up, do it as you want, but in moderation, because you want to make sure that you stay within what's reasonable for your lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what I, the two things that I really see is that, right. That they're scared. They're having that fear of being vulnerable and really just diving deep and actually even looking for a coach. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just do all the three things. I'm going to read the books. I'm going to listen to the podcasts. I'm going to go on Instagram and stalk a money coach. But that's not that's not doing anything for you because you're getting everything in little pieces. And I'm literally giving you everything you need customized to what your life needs step by step. All you have to do is do the work. Um, yes. And a lot of people realize that. <laughs> So you said two things there that I want to, that I want to kind of expand on. One is the coaching relationship, right? So sometimes, you know, you're attracted to a coach. It could be their personality. It could be their content. It could be their background whatever the case is. But for those of you listening, understand that your coach is not a friend. They're not a buddy. They're not gonna, I mean, I'm sure it happens after the fact. Maybe you can form a more close or personal relationship, but while you're in the coaching sphere, the coach's role is to guide you, give you tools and resources to get you from point A to point B. And so having a personal relationship, engaging as a friend, the way you would somebody else in your life is not, one, it's not professional, but two, it's not conducive to what the relationship is. So keep that in mind. Do not go after a coach because you like their look or you like the persona or you relate to the background. Really go because you feel that they're what they're doing, what their knowledge is, is something that's going to help you to achieve your outcome, right? Do your research. Don't just go off of appearances or vanity metrics or what have you. Really research that what they're offering is going to help you. 
The second thing you said um, that kind of like sparked a, a thing in me was when we talked about the women of color, right? And, and maybe some of that resistance that they have there to investing, or you know what, even women in general, okay? We prioritize the wrong things sometimes. The first excuse or the most common excuse that you hear as a coach when a client approaches you and finds out more about your offering is that, mm, that price seems a little steep, right? That's usually one of the, the main uh, points. And I'm yeah. like, I just told you everything. <laughs> I just told you everything. But it's yeah. like, understand, you know, what you're paying for, you're paying for an individual's time. You're paying for their expertise that they've gained through certifications, through their own schooling, through their own experiences and interactions. And you're paying for the tools and resources that they've created and are providing to you to get from point A to point B, not to mention the series of meetings that you're having. And just because a meeting ends does not mean that our job is done. We have to look and assess at the information that we've gathered and come up with a game plan, come up with a strategy. So you're paying for all of that. And if you think about it, what I advise people is to break things down into smaller chunks. So say, for example, if a program is $2,000, $2,000 seems, seems like a lot, right? Break it down. Think, all right, how much would this cost me monthly? Okay, how much would it cost me weekly? Look at your finances and see what areas you can reallocate money to that expense. Because let's face it, an iPhone is what? A, a thousand, thirteen hundred, right? Oh my God, and we, we'll drop it, right? Just, oh, on the iPhone, that's fourteen hundred dollars in the drain. A new laptop, right? Uh, a pair of Louboutins, a purse, a wig, like, Women, we spend money on so many things. Like the cost of living as a woman is yes. crazy. But we exactly. can always allocate funds to prioritize ourselves. So why do we buy things that are outside of us and not invest on us, on our internal, on our self-development? Yes. Preach, girl. Preach. Me, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a big, you know, I'm not big on like, buying like all these external things. Like I'm not a very materialistic kind of person. Yeah. There are th obviously there's, yes, I would love the new iPhone. Yes. There are things that I would want, but when it comes to me, I'd rather invest really in my mental. And I would really like invest in my internal because at the end of the day, what we have inside here and here is what's going to show in, on the outside, right? It's mm -hmm. what we're going to, it's going to be portray. And if you're not okay with your money, if your finance is in shamble, you are not going to be okay emotionally, mental, mentally, and physically. When I was flat broke, living paycheck to paycheck, I was stressed out. My hair was falling out. I couldn't sleep. I was crying all the time because I'm like, I only have $5 in my bank account. Where am I putting gas in my car? How am I getting to work? I have to feed this person. I have to give money to that person. And stress plays a giant role in how you, your body reacts. Like I was having stomach problems and headaches and all these other things. And so a lot of us are treating the symptoms and not attacking what's really the problem. Mm -hmm. And that is such a big thing. And, and I try to preach it all the time, but people are like, you're preaching too much. <laughs> you said it perfectly. We treat the symptoms and not the root cause of the problem. 
people. That's what we're doing. You're self-medicating, right? With, you know, spending your money here or there and not really allocating it to what matters, which is you as a person. You have one mind, one body, one heart, one soul. And if you don't nourish that, like she said, it's going to come out in some way, shape or form, most often negatively. Yeah. Yeah. So Valerie, uh, can you tell us how folks can connect with you? Yes, of course. So my Instagram is where I'm usually the most active. Um, at You can find me at holisticallymoneysavvy.com. And that's my website, which is also my Instagram is holisticallymoneysavvy. So they're the same, the same format. Um, and you can email me also, same thing, Valerie at holisticallymoneysavvy.com. So you can find me on all those three, but mostly, like I said, I'm on Instagram, which is just holisticallymoneysavvy, or you can just find Valerie and you can find, um, my picture and you can put money savvy. I should pop up. Um, <laughs> but usually there, um, I'm usually on Instagram. That's, um, I'm trying to get onto Facebook, but that's another thing. But yeah. <laughs> So guys, as usual, we're going to put all the details of how to get in touch with her, you know, in the YouTube details and the uh, podcast details. Definitely recommend you check her out. I mean, look, her name is Holistically Money Savvy. Her program has a holistic approach to managing your finances. So I highly recommend that you take a look, check out her individual programs and follow her journey for the build up of her group program that's coming up if community is more your style. Valerie, any last thought you want to share with the audience? Yeah, just one more thing is really, I, if you're listening to this podcast, if you took the time, if you took the time to really listen to this and something, you took something away and you are curious, even if you're curious or if you're just like asking yourself, should I, should I not? I'm going to invite you to take the leap. Because that means that one part of you, some part of you is interested and wants more and wants to do better. And I think you should listen to your body. Yes. Y'all heard it here. Rewind, replay, whether it's audio or video. Um, Valerie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise, sharing your background and talking about you know, the challenges that we as women of color and who are Dominican at that face. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And I, this conversation is so important. I'm so passionate about it. It's like, we don't talk about it enough. Yes, agreed. So all of you that are watching and listening, please go support. Support your girls. Come on, women of color. We got a women empowerment here, guys. Help us out. <laughs> that goes for you guys that might be listening as well. Support your girls, okay? We need that camaraderie, yes. that support from our women, especially, again, women of color. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome, babe. Thanks for being on. All right, guys. Like I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 